so a thing happened. A thing happened. This is the first episode point five. This is, I think, eight point five. Should I should be if math works. Um, which I always thought I was. Wondered how podcasts, when they're referencing like, ooh, this episode, blah, 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 or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, how do you not know? And then I found myself, we're still in the single digits. <laughs> and I was like, uh, what, this number, many. <laughs> what number is this? So we're going to present this as if it's an extra, like bonus. Yeah. Congratulations. This popped up in your feed. So don't expect it to be an hour. <laughs> or good. Um, yeah, that too. <laughs> but if they've subscribed, they know that's not happening. Yeah, that's true. Um, but in reality, I'm, I'm just trying to cover my base that obviously... Don't, this, is, this is not don't a usual thing. I don't know what I'm doing, right. obviously, or else we would have incorporated this in the beginning. Yeah. We don't plan. So. <laughs> We're, this is by the seat of our pants. I try. I think I've tried to air a distinct disclaimer mm-hmm. that I've obviously into this. I make no claim to be any kind of expert on the genre or anything like that. I think that you've borne that out in so, the last eight episodes. I, I, I just try to make that clear because between us, I'm definitely the one that knows stuff. But yeah. I'm not at all. This is not a podcast where you necessarily come to learn things for, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but after we did Last House on the Left, I was going through some research, which it turns out you should probably do before you record. It's more fun this way. And maybe the the, the statement came up that Last House on the on the Left, left. is a which remake. One makes the I was trying to. I was almost at Last House on the West because yeah. I was getting ready to say West Craven. So I was just anticipating it. It's good. That it was a remake of another film. So we can't not address this. So what I Mm -hmm. did was I watched it because I didn't want to have another issue like we did with Lawnmower Man where they were saying Transcendence was a remake of Lawnmower Man, which it's not. So I gave it a shot on my own. And Mm -hmm. then I sent you a text and I was like... A very excited text. You have to watch this. We have to discuss this. Yeah. We haven't talked about it since. Nope. That's the last time we talked about this. So you hopefully you agree. You sent me a YouTube link, so. which will be in the show notes if you're one of those people that looks at those. So I wasn't going to say that, but. Because then we'd like, have to actually put it in the show notes? No, no. I guess we can do that. But yeah. so YouTube operates in a total. I don't know about you. I'm very anti-piracy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. There's nothing that we will watch that we will pirate. Right. Everything will be obtained legally. Mm-hmm. YouTube is a gray area for me because some things are put up illegally. My kind of thought on YouTube is this, that it is such a public forum that if the owners of that copyrighted material did not want it to be seen, it could be pulled easily. I Maybe this is dumb on my part, and I'm very anti-piracy as well. I send your emails. But I was under the no, assumption. You know what? Don't send your emails because. Go ahead. I, I won't read them. <laughs> He'll read them because he handles the, the inbox. <laughs> Make his life miserable. <laughs> I'm fine with that. But I just kind of assumed that the fact that it is a Scandinavian movie and that it's almost 60 years old, I just assumed that it was in the public domain. And, and maybe it, that's. It, maybe that's my own ignorance. It, it totally. And, it might be. It might be. I did not research that, but that's how I justified that i've never torned anything right me either um so that was something i knew was going to come up later in the podcast not this podcast but mm-hmm. later in the future of the podcast as a whole um is discussing that but it just got there because we referenced youtube so 
Right, and um, the fact that it was done so well, it was HD oh, with so, multiple, multiple languages for yes. captions. I just assumed that this it, isn't somebody that just put this up on their own. And but I assume it was probably in the public domain, and this was this person's love letter. You, you're probably to it. Yeah, I agree. But I, if if it's not, again, we don't do research. <laughs> yeah, well, as that's this, the whole point yeah, of this episode. The whole point of this episode is we don't do research. <laughs> but I, I, if I am completely wrong by this. Then I'll stand corrected, but I'll say this I assume right now. that it's in the public domain. If someone can show me that we did something wrong by watching this on YouTube, mm-hmm. I will buy the Criterion version of this film. One hundred percent. There's a I, there's a four movie set that has this on it in the Seventh Seal, and then two others that I hadn't heard of. Okay, so um, we're both saying that. Yeah, totally. All right, we sold two copies. If if we did something wrong here, so and maybe two copies anyway because it was really good. Oh, you just spoiled it. Now nobody has to listen to what we have to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, so I found out that uh, there's a claim, at least uh-huh. it's kind of d- questioned or disputed or what have you. Right. The Virgin Spring is the original version of Last House on the Left. So I sent you that text. I said mm-hmm. you have to watch it. Justin, Virgin Spring. What did you think? Um, Hold on. I want to point out. This is like the nighttime we've sat down, and every time nobody can see this, but I do like this move when I'm like, tell me about it. Yes, and very. I, <laughs> and you just said this move. He put his hands at his side and just very opens arms, like did a, a like, you're like if you're in a stadium t- and you went to do the wave, but you stopped halfway, <laughs> that's that's what he does. Yes, I've like. I'm like I'm opening myself up to you. This is me posturing and submitting to you to give me your opinion on this film. Your sermon, blah 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 blah. You are asserting yourself as a beta male. Yes. Open arms. Is that what that is? I feel like that's. I don't know. Relinquishing myself to you, like exactly. that's the equivalent of me laying on my belly for you. Yeah, a beta male, not an alpha male. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Alpha, okay. beta, gamma. All right, I was yeah, okay. Yep, that's how old letters work. So anyway. I'm fighting uh, myself not to do it right now. What did you think? As I said stiffly with my arms beside <laughs> my chest. Uh, first off, Ingmar Ing, Ingmar Bergman. Uh, like I said, I I saw the Seventh Seal like either in high school or just after when I was just eating up every old movie and indie movie I could. Um, See, this is a name that I've heard constantly just referenced in film history, and this is the first film I've seen of. Really, his. you have to watch the Seventh Seal. It's not. It's probably not for this podcast, but it is really good. It doesn't mean it's not good. No, obviously. There are plenty of good movies we won't talk about here. Uh, like Star Wars. Max von Sydow is the the lead in this. Uh, he plays Torre. That's the father. Yes. Okay. The Faja. And he is in Game of Thrones. He's in Star Wars. He's still alive? Yes. Because that's one of my very first things we've established already that like yeah. I see movies and I'm like, dead, dead. I just assumed almost everybody in this film was dead. Nope. He's not dead. He is not dead. He didn't. He he's was the, in his 50s probably in this movie. He looks like he's like 30. No. Yes. I no. think he's just blonde and the black and white film makes it look white. That might be true. Yeah. Okay. That might be fair. Keep going. I'm Speaking sorry. Speaking of black and white, it was a beautiful film style. Oh, that's the very first. It's so beautiful. It's a gorgeous like, movie. So you look at this and you're like, so I watch, we watched Last House on the Left mm-hmm. and we're like, eh, this looks pretty shitty. It sounds pretty shitty, but it was made in 1972. What do you expect? Yeah. And then you watch this that was made 12 years before that and it is immaculate. Right. It is so beautiful. And I think it's just the difference between an established professional director mm-hmm. and somebody that's just trying to 
to cut their teeth. Someone who got together friends in a 60 yes. millimeter film camera exactly. and yes. decided to make a movie. You're, it is so beautiful. Like, yeah. And that made me quite like, is it actually beautiful or is it because it's black and white or does it matter? There are, it's, there are so many shots in there. Like uh, at one point I was so stunned by the movie itself that I kind of went into like director in my head mode, which I try not to do when I'm, when I'm doing this, but just tracking dolly shots like when they're on the horseback tracking dolly shots and then i'm nodding right now for people that can't see <laughs> it'll cut to uh, a camera on sticks but it's panning across the whole scene and it's just seamless and beautiful and then the the, the, the one note i took about how beautiful it was was at the very end that tr- that scene with the birch tree mm-hmm. just the most gorgeous shot i i have seen in quite a while just breathtaking i i feel i mean if nothing else if you were to watch this on mute as if it's it's worth watching oh yeah it's it's just an eye a sight to behold Mm -hmm. it really is um yeah there's not much else to say about that i feel like we both want to keep talking about how beautiful (laughs) it is but there isn't much to say other than it's beautiful and put a punctuation mark on that so let's let's talk about the story yes um so which is the story of last house on the left yes Mostly. It, I mean, it, uh, towards the end, I kind of started thinking like, you know, I watch a lot of Quentin Tarantino and I know he takes a lot of stuff straight out of other movies, but I didn't know you could just like lift a movie whole cloth and just be like, oh, <laughs> I don't know if you can. <laughs> I don't know if you can. There are, it is so much the same movie on so many levels. I mean, so the thing that a couple things that I read and I'm not going to be able to quote who they were. One person said Wes Craven didn't remake Virgin Spring. He ripped off Virgin Spring. Mm-hmm. And I would say, it, and I would say, he if he didn't if he didn't ask to remake Virgin Spring and do this officially, mm-hmm. there's no way he didn't rip it off. Right. I it's mean, the exact same story. A to young be fair, pretty he could have thought in his head it was homage. But that's that's true. So that doesn't mean it's not ripping it off. That's off. yeah. But it's it's essentially the same thing. Young girl is raped, mm-hmm. murdered right. by a group of people, mm-hmm. uh, parents seek yeah. revenge. Yeah. Uh, that's what yeah. Last House on the Left is. That's what Virgin Spring is. Mm-hmm. Um, and they happen to come across the family by happening upon their house. Right. There's no way that these there's parallels... An article, there's an article of clothing that tips them off. Yes. So there's no way that the parallels aren't here. So that's the difference right. like between Transcendence and Lawnmower Man and this. Mm-hmm. You agree. There's yeah, no way definitely. this do- this isn't this doesn't deserve to be talked about on a remake podcast. We are doing it a disservice by <laughs> letting you know that this movie exists. <laughs> there's no way we can't talk about it. So um in the era of what we do, there's no way that I couldn't talk about something tiny and trivial that did not fascinate me. Mm-hmm. The, one of the openings, maybe the opening scene at breakfast, they're eating. Yeah. What are they eating? Is it milk? Like, are I, they I th- like I, eating bowls of milk? I think it's, they have uh, milk and not a lot of meat. So it's very milk-based soup, I okay. think. Because later because on, they're eating like, something else that I'm like, what the fuck are they eating right now? This yeah. looks disgusting. It's there's There's definitely little chunks in it, if you look closely. So Ugh. it's like a like a cream soup. So gross. Yeah. What like she pours the milk over like the fern or not fern, uh like pine tree brushes 
and then takes them out. And I thought that was weird, but I didn't know that was a thing. Do you read this? I didn't. I, I my role in this podcast is I'm the ignorant one, <laughs> so I didn't do any research. Well, I might be stepping on your toes after the <laughs> fact that we're doing episode eight and a half. Uh, is this a period piece, or is this what life in the country at this time in this place was? It's a period piece. Okay. So it's like, I'm going to screw this up and we're going to get emails. It's like the early 1800s, something like that, made in the 1960s, Mm -hmm. which is always a weird time capsule for me because I always feel like, so it's, dated's the wrong word because it has a negative connotation. But it's filmmaking in the 1960s looking back on another time period. And it's always like this weird juxtaposition of double datedness, if that makes any sense. Because the 1960s is another time period to us. Yes. So So we're looking for that time capsule and it is already a time capsule of a time capsule. And it's just like double elements of bizarre to me. Like right. in, in the best stu- way possible. Plus we're stupid Americans and don't know what it's like over there. Exa- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, so to this day, and this isn't a joke, like I will find myself watching old movies. So I will watch an old, old movie or a movie set in a completely country that's foreign to me, like mm-hmm. Canada. Yeah. And, and just the simple things I find myself fascinated, like their doors are the same as ours. <laughs> like who would have thought that we would have developed simultaneously the same function for getting in and out of a room. Their door looks so similar. Yeah. That's incredible. I'm not really exaggerating. I know. Like, I find myself watching I know watching you, this. and that's why I laughed, because I know you're not exaggerating. You just made me, you just said, you know, I'm stupid or something. Like, yeah. I don't know. How, but, it, but, and I know that that's dumb to say, but it, it's incredible, like, when I watch the, and I just, I think about how basically, like, so for the longest time, I would look at old pictures like from family albums or whatever, and I'd mm-hmm. look at pictures from like the seventies when my parents were dating or whatever. Like, uh-huh, what does he look, look? He looks dumb. Look at that! All that hair and no, that not even not even that. Even dumber. Yeah. I would think that the colors look different <laughs> back when they looked like I was like, duh, were things black and white? Did they always look that way? And like, like so you think you think life back there is just Pleasantville? Yes. You just need to add the color to it. Yes, that's exactly what I think. But even so, getting a little bit more philosophic, like I would watch like the spring, like water flowing from the dirt. And I would be like, that same dirt and that water is there now. Like, yeah, it's it's it kind of plays with me. It messes with me a little bit in that. Again, I already said that I think everybody from this is dead, even though you've established that I'm wrong with that. Yes. But but in my mind, I'm thinking like all of these people are gone and the majority probably are. But yet, like that earth and soil still is there. I don't know what this has to do with the movie. We're getting it's way too like, philosophical, ex- existential dread creeping in. Uh, it sounds it like. definitely, it definitely has to do with what that. What does it like, all mean? Do we even uh, matter? I don't know. Um, Wes Craven will have answers for us. Yeah. Um, I so I just have my seven-year-old son pop in when we're talking about a rape revenge movie. <laughs> he just popped in and waved and said hi. Yep. <laughs> then he turned around. He's like, "Dad's talking about a rape revenge movie again. <laughs> Better head upstairs." Oh, those are those two white people that talk about rape culture <laughs> and what the, their opinions on it. That's good for them. Um, so we just had a, a weird break in the conversation. Can I make a, a a pause for something else that I wanted to talk about? Uh, yeah. Um. So we're, That's we're what this podcast is. We're not talking about our third rape movie. Okay. 
We're talking about the first rape movie. What? <laughs> Your plan. You need to make a sign to hold up a protest. <laughs> so, I've. You, you said a while ago, before we even started this, like, what mm-hmm. do you not want to watch? And you didn't want to watch gore and things like that. So, we're, you know, I found myself, even as I'm watching Last House on the Left, like, we're watching some kind of atrocious things happening. Mm hmm. And it's different when it's not done in a fun or comedic way, right? Obviously. So I don't know how I feel about that. I said to you, I would never sub- I would never subject you to a real atrocity. Mm-hmm. I have zero We're not going to watch that. Faces of Death on this podcast. No. Even though 90% of them are fake, yeah. the 10% are, the, I don't think that has any right. function as entertainment. Okay. So a couple years ago at this point, I funded a, I I funded, I participated in funding a Kickstarter for a film. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of an Americanized version of something that I've heard a long time ago. Um, And I had never seen, I was intrigued by it, something you keep hearing enough of. So I threw down some money, 50, 60 bucks, whatever it was, not a ton of money. I uh, got a copy of the DVD signed by a bunch of people. I got a tiny little prop from the movie. I got a signed DVD or a signed poster. It's a good deal. It's an independent filmmaker. Cool. This week I decided to watch that. Mm-hmm. And it is not, or this was almost two weeks ago at this point. Yeah. And it has not left my head since. And I don't know how I feel about it. And I'm being a thousand percent sincere. So is, is this about to be in a good way or in a bad way? I don't know. Okay. I, th- that's my question. This Valid is, answer. This is a total sincere question that I have for you and the audience. Okay. So first, let me predicate this by the whole the whole tangent here is that we're talking about rape movies. Obviously, that's a. I hate to word, use that's the word trigger. Yeah. I hate to use the word trigger because that seems like it has so much political weight now. Yeah. But that's a and that's a real thing. Okay. Yes. Um, not only political weight, but then making fun of it. Then it just seems like we might be making fun of it, and we're not trying to make light of it at zero. all. Zero. So, so the, let me just dive in. This yeah. this film, it's called. Let me let me hear. This is the film that we're referencing, Justin. Tell me, tell me the audience what you're looking at. Bouquet of guts and gore, American guinea pig. Okay, so that it's just weird gore on the front. And on the back, that's that's pretty gross. Okay, so for decades probably, don't quote me, I'm not an expert, I just said that I haven't seen it. There's something called Guinea Pig in Japan that's a whole film series mm-hmm. that I keep hearing rumblings of in the underground of horror cinema. Sounding like they were gore films, not necessarily my thing, but when the the American sort of remake showed up on Kickstarter, I was like, all right, this is somebody doing something cool. I can do that. I can get a piece, what they called an ounce of flesh from the film. Uh-huh. So I'm I'm showing Justin, I've got a chunk of one of the prosthetics that was included in there. So I watched this film. Uh-huh. This film is an hour and 12 minutes. Ouch. Maybe two minutes at the beginning is two women getting abducted. Mm-hmm. There's a one minute surprise ending. Okay. Everything in between. So that makes an hour and nine minutes in between. Or 69 minutes if you're salty. Is two women being not only killed, but methodically killed and tortured and torn apart in the most horrific ways possible. Mm -hmm. Almost in real time. Okay. 
I watched the majority of this film in Fast Forward. At the beginning, it was because I thought that it was boring and there's nothing to it. But as I kept going, it was because I was so uncomfortable with what I'm seeing. This is filmed on old film stock Mm -hmm. because it's made to look like it's dated, which was a great choice by them because I think it hid any problems that they would have had in any prosthetics. It was filmed on an actual VHS player, it looked like, like a VHS recorder. Uh And it's one man with two women on tables that he's between as he's cutting off limbs, as he's torturing them, as he's cutting... And just... Even as I'm talking into it now, I think the feeling that I have as I'm talking about this and I'm watching this is the same feeling that people have when they watch a horror movie. Like, I watch something and I'm not affected by it. Mm -hmm. It struck me in such a way. I was like, fuck this movie. I hate this movie so much. Like, I put it in the pile. You can still see the poster over there in the corner. It's over there because I was like, I'm selling this shit. I do not want this in my house. Because at that time, in my mind, I was like, what psychotic person spends their time making this? Right. And then who is buying this and watching an hour and 12 minutes of just the most depraved and disgusting things? Mm-hmm. But then, it, so I finish it. There's not much else that happens in that. But it stays with me for days, both like I'm having that, even as I'm talking about it now, like my heart's getting a little racing i've got stuff in my stomach yeah i can't say that it wasn't effective like it kicked me in the balls man like yeah i bought that i was watching people getting killed and i think this what i'm watching i have a hard time separating so there's something out there that i'm not going to name because i think it has zero zero merit to exist that somebody posted on like a horror forum. And what this is, is essentially a clip show of online atrocities. And somebody posted a trailer for it and it was completely blurred out, but you could hear audio and you could hear, and then at the bottom there would be descriptions of things. So it would be like man has sex with, with deer corpse, uh, baby born, stillborn, things like that. Right. Which I have, I will draw a line in the sands here, and I would say that has zero artistic merit. And these are things that supposedly are real? No, these are real. This is somebody, basically all this quote-unquote movie is, Mm -hmm. is somebody that looked at the most atrocious things that they could find online and composed them into a quote-unquote film. Okay. That's why I'm not naming it, because I think that that this has zero artistic merit. Mm -hmm. I was upset the fact that somebody categorized, like somebody thought that horror fans would be interested in this because I think that's a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. So here's my question to you. Yeah. Sincere question, not laughing at all. Mm-hmm. What I described to you, does that fall on that online clip show, quote unquote film? Or is that last house on the left where they're trying to get a reaction out of me? They're trying, they, and they succeeded. They, absolutely succeeded i mean i watched a couple minutes of like the behind the scene things and this is guys that obviously work their asses off i mean they're there you can see them working with the prosthetics they're trying to make sure they get the right shot mm-hmm. there's no difference in what they're doing there right 
to somebody that's trying to make a comedy and the effort that they put into it. You know, you can see this is just some dude in his garage. Like you can literally see this is their garage when you're looking at the behind the scenes. So respect to them for that. Yeah. But are they making a real statement on something that's affecting me like that? Or are they exploiting something? I don't have an answer. I haven't sold it, obviously, because I feel like part of me is like, if this is a film that these guys can have that effect on me, they succeeded in what they're doing. Yeah. But I don't know if I want to feel this. So having not seen it and knowing... I'm not going to... I'm There's right. 0% chance I want you to see this. Yeah, I, I will not watch it. Um, but also, you know me, I have to have an opinion on everything. <laughs> Uh, it sounds to me like the difference in my brain is that list, Last House on the Left, it's a story and there's a message and it's not just, it's not just feelings that he wants you to feel. It's not, it's not just a reaction. It's, it's a treatise on humanity. Now, So maybe, you're saying a, a redeeming quality. Not necessarily redeeming. I mean, it, it has a message. It's not just... Okay, let me do this with a really dumb movie. There is an Adam Sandler movie called Click. I never thought that I would be happy to hear you say Adam Sandler, but I feel like if we're going to finish out the podcast on any kind of a high note, I needed to try to find some way out, and I feel like you bringing up Adam Sandler is going to be bringing me down, because to this movie's credit or discredit... Uh Like, I'm feeling shitty right now, like, talking about this. So, so I'm glad I can laugh when you brought up Adam Sandler on our podcast. There's an Adam Sandler movie called Click. And uh, it's a bit of a feel-good movie that has a lot of sadness in it. And I will admit that when I watched it, I cried. But I did not like the movie because I feel like the movie just pressed those cry buttons and never earned them. So I was, even though I was feeling the emotion, I didn't feel like they earned that emotion out of me. So when I felt discomfort and just whatever bad emotions I was feeling during that rape scene in Last House on the Left, I feel like that movie earned it and it did, not only, not only did it build up to it, but the the things that came after it like it deserved it I, I got that feeling and i did not feel bad i did not feel bad at the movie like oh that was cheap to me this feels like cheap it's it's a cheap way of getting that visceral reaction out of you versus a movie that wants to get the same reaction but also wants to to tell you something does that make sense it does to a degree. What I feel like you just did was pitch a double feature of Click and Last House on the Left to me. Or, well, that's or exactly click, what I wanted to do. Or Click and Bouquet of Guts and Gore to me. <laughs> like, that's, well, that's what I, I've been that's, saying since all right, the beginning. We this podcast <laughs> needs more Adam Sandler. <laughs> Adam Sandler and Bouquet of Guts and Gore next week, everybody. Um, I, I still don't know how I feel, man. Like yeah. I can say that I don't want to regret selling it, so I'm going to sit on it for a while. But mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to display it and digest it. I don't know. Like I really don't. Like I, I feel like I owe them something. If they pulled, but because for me, if they pulled that off and that feeling from two dude for X number of dudes, 
in their garage, I think they might have accomplished what they were trying to do. Like, there's no, it's not like Click, I would almost argue they tried to get you emotionally and they didn't. No, they did. They hit those. They, I'm sorry. To me, it's, they wrong. hit the buttons. Yes. They just didn't earn them. And to, to But me, I don't think they tried the to earn way. this. Like, I, there's no way they could argue that they were trying to do that. But then I don't it know makes, that Click was. But then I don't. They just but, they pressed the the punchy in the balls button versus punchy in the tear ducts button. It's the same method, just a different button. Yeah. Maybe. That's my opinion. I don't have answers. That's what you came to this podcast for. I, <laughs> I, anyway. I don't have answers. I'm not going to lie. I was really hoping you'd be able to have me come to some epiphany like, oh my goodness, this is the highest form of art. You're correct. I should display this proudly alongside Citizen Kane. Because or, I paid $60 for it? Or no, no, just because I, I feel like I need... I, I, like I'm waffling right now. Like I have strong feelings, mm-hmm. but I can't have strong thoughts. Like if my strong feelings were fuck this thing, I want to throw it in the trash and burn it. Yeah. I could be happy with that. Yeah. Or if my feeling was, I have strong feelings about this. Let me hold it up as something, but I'm waffling between those two. And it's like literally between those two. Like, I don't know whether to celebrate it or condemn it. To me, it just, it, touched your lizard brain and it didn't touch the higher levels of your brain whereas to me a good emotional movie does all those things but, whatever the emotion is happy sad but if you're the punch film- in the balls all right, so but if you're the filmmaker there's no way he's going to argue that he was trying to make touch the cerebral part of my brain so did he succeed what he was trying to do does he obviously did it doesn't matter it doesn't whether or not he succeeded in what he was trying to do has no bearing on whether or not you enjoyed it or owed anything to it or decide to sell it or not because it's a two-way communication that's what art is it's a two-way communication the author says something and the viewer listener whatever hears something and they may be different but it's it's two ways, and sometimes it's not always on the same page. This goes back to the same way we were saying Toby Hooper thought he was making a comedy with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. But he didn't. Yeah. Okay, so that's the point you're making, right? Uh, uh, yes. Okay. To bring it all back, yes. <laughs> but here's my thing. I have a huge problem when I hear people say, I didn't like that movie because it didn't end the way I wanted it to. It tricked me into something. It made me mad. I don't like that actor because he was a jerk in this movie. That means he was a fantastic actor. If he didn't, if he made you dislike him in that movie, I feel like I didn't like the ending and I don't like that actor. Cause he made me feel bad are two totally different arguments and two totally different things that aren't related. Okay. So I didn't like that movie mm-hmm. because it didn't end happy. The guy didn't end up with the girl. Okay. And I think that's the same argument as I don't like that actor because he he was a jerk in that movie. I mean, to me, they're different. One is I am partaking in an art experience, and I didn't get out of it what I thought I did. So that's going to that's I going th- to color my opinion. You're looking at this as you. I'm talking about the general dumb audience person that's seeing click, which it sounds like you're an audience member by through me. I mean, yes, I have empathy and I can understand other people, but like we're talking, we were like seven levels above that now where we're talking about philosophical discussions <laughs> on art when all we want to talk about is this beautiful movie. I'm sorry. I just, 
like I said, that's been sitting with me forever. Yeah. I was really hoping you would I'm come up with something. I'm glad you got it out. I'm sorry I couldn't be more helpful. Yeah. All right. Anyway, virgin spraying. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, go ahead. What do you got to say? Uh, it, was pr- it was pretty. I hope you got more because I'm down right now. <laughs> yeah. Where's my uh, Where's my seven-year-old? We should get him down here to talk bouquet of guts and gore. So the the story beats mostly the same, um, you know, just different setting. Um, she, Kareen, is the virgin who um, has to take candles to the church for Mart Matins. I'm not Catholic or whatever. So. I'm not gonna pretend that I Matins. I don't know. Just uh, take candles to the church. Yeah, she had to take candles to the church for church reasons. Mm-hmm. Reasons. And she takes with her the, the pregnant servant girl who resents her and put a frog in her bread. Um, it, I think she is the inspiration for Sadie in Last House on the Left. It makes, I mean, that makes sense so a little bit. So she was at very least complicit in the rape and murder of this girl. Where, well, in, in Virgin Spring, she feels she certainly feels that way. Yes. Or is um, it just Sadie she directly she, is? Yes. Um, so I feel like that's... He just took her and made her directly more involved. Yeah. But here's my... So they referenced uh, this girl a couple times as a wild animal. In, in Gary, I think is her name, or in Gary or I'm something like that. I'm not going to pretend that I, I know. But they, they referenced her a few times as a wild animal. And if you remember, they referenced... Sadie like four times in Wes Craven's yeah. Last House on the Left She's a wild as animal. a wild animal animalistic. So I feel yeah. like that was a direct tie yeah. to that. So I, I feel like you transport her character and you basically just put her on the other side of the antagonist in mm-hmm. this as opposed to kind of protagonist after a little while in Virgin Spring. Right. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh. We're too polite on this podcast. So, uh, so uh, they come to. I, we're not too polite because my favorite quote so far is. Do you know what I'm going to say? No. My favorite quote is me saying, "Like you, I said something, and you yelled at me for like five minutes, and then I replied and said, you know, I was agreeing with you, and you responded to me and said, you're agreeing with me wrong.'" <laughs> So, I don't know about too polite. You said you're agreeing with me wrong. All right. Well, you're too polite and I'm an (laughs) asshole. Go ahead. Uh, So, they come to a river in the woods and there's this weird house with a weird dude in it. Um, So, in, in, in Gary and this dude are the only ones that seem to um, respect the, the Norse gods. They both talk about Odin. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas everything else is very Christian. Um, so let me let me ask you, friend is is this guy Odin? Do you Ooh, think? You're going way deeper than I ever thought. <laughs> My question for you was: Did this guy rape her to impregnate her? Uh, like they I, feel like they alluded to that at points. Really, I felt like this like was she the felt, first time they were meeting. I felt like she was uncomfortable to be there with him. I yes. felt like it was the first time he was meeting the 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 daughter, but I felt like the Sadie predecessor had known him, and I had wondered if she. I mean, yeah, we got to- oh, two totally Gary, different yeah. vibes. We got two totally different vibes yeah. on that because she was pregnant. Yes, 
and they referenced that she was an animal, so she was seeking pleasure and everything like that from all over. Right. So I just took it she went to the town. And got knocked up. And got knocked up by a, another farm. Which is totally possible. That's what I assumed. And but then I felt like there was this weird relationship. There was definitely more of a relationship between her and possibly the Odin guy that lived in this house mm-hmm. than between the daughter and this Odin stand-in. The way I took it is like she's meeting him for the first time, but she she hated Kareen and so uh, faked that she couldn't go on just so that she didn't have to, you know? And so she just it she decided that it was better to stay with a stranger than it was to continue with this stuck up little girl who knows nothing about the world. And you you definitely may be correct because I feel like the quality of film and the amount of time and thought and art that went into this film. Oh yeah. That's probably yeah. more than plausible. So Amar Bergman definitely likes to talk more about talk more with the visuals than he does dialogue. Yeah. So you are probably way onto more something way deeper that we won't get a direct answer to than right. me just being like, be right there. Yeah. So then he has like he's a creepy guy and he has a creepy box full of like animal parts and human parts. And that's when she gets freaked out and leaves and she's running down and then he appears so he's definitely some sort of supernatural puckish maybe character mm-hmm. so maybe he's supposed to be loki um but they only mention odin in the movie so that's what led me to believe maybe he's odin maybe he's i don't know he's definitely some sort of supernatural character you're above my head right now and then we do not see him at all that's, yeah he's that's, done he's done after that yeah. you're right um which is weird that literally the last thing we see him about him is that he is some sort of supernatural character he like teleported and then we never see him again the rest of the movie you're definitely watching this a step above of where i am <laughs> i'm not gonna lie you said I you would, had so many notes i don't even have that many notes i was watching this as last house on the left and you were watching this as an Ingmar Bergman film? As an Ingmar Bergman film. That's, sorry. No, no, don't be sorry at all. That's, I think, all the more reason to show that the other quote that uh, that I'd read about comparing this to, to Wes Craven's film is, mm-hmm. Virgin Spring is art, Last House on the Left is exploitation. Yeah. I, I think mean, that's a thousand percent true. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know who to credit that, but that's absolutely true. Um, and I, I'm sure Craven would agree with that. Like, that's Probably. what he was making. Um, so they, she leaves the Odin character. Kareen finds the goat herders. Um, they, I think they like to play up the, not only naivete, but the innocence of her when kind of the last thing she does is pretend that she lives in a big castle and talking about how they can all pretend with her. And that the goats are bears and wolves that have been turned into goats by the by a witch. This is where part of the the question for me came in with the uh, the time frame mm-hmm. because I feel like her family is wealthy. Obviously, not mansions yes. like she's talking about, right? But like that, the societal level of difference between them. I didn't feel like that was that far from having so many key rings that it weighed it down his pants or whatever. Like obviously they were wealthy, 
they I mean they were landowners and they took on farmhands mm-hmm. and back then excuse me that was wealthy mm-hmm. but it's not but she was adding even more opulence and doing what little girls do and playing dress up and pretending to be a princess things yeah. like that yeah and then her innocence is immediately taken away yeah and i think in about the most artistic and respectful way that you could do mm-hmm. this i mean it could because both last house and lefts obviously go for more like the exploitation and shock right this is not about showing that this is definitely a means to an end to tell the rest of the story right there's no there's definitely no nudity or anything no um but it is it's still you still get that visceral reaction definitely especially that shot um where you know he kind of presses his face right next to hers Mm -hmm. and you just see the difference in expression and and just the horror of what's going on yeah and then like her they just kind of leave her for a second and like everything kind of washes over her what is just taking place and that's heart-wrenching and then they kill her and you realize these are you knew these were horrible people but that so they kill her and then they go through her stuff and it they you know, they they raped her for fun and they killed her for jewelry or whatever and all they got were her clothes mm-hmm. and candles that they smashed up and they seem ticked off at that fact yeah so they end up back at the home right let's talk about the character of the boy um, yeah he had to sit there and watch all that and then the two run off and he's told to stay with the goats but that means staying right next to her dead body and he's trying he's obviously hungry so he's trying to kind of eat the food and looks over sees her body and throws up and like has to go over and start like throwing dirt on her kind of burying her to get her and mm-hmm. it's like you see i think he plays it so like bergman plays it so well the character like the boy is just as innocent he he may have been part of this group but it's not his fault He's just as innocent as Kareen was. He, maybe he's not dead, but he was just as traumatized as she was mm-hmm. and by the act. And the boy gets scared and runs off and joins them back. And then they wind up uh, at, at Torre and Mott. I don't know, I can't remember the mother's name. I'm not going to start with an M. Who, well, pretty much everybody in this movie looked fantastic mm-hmm. like uh, they all had faces that immediately just reached out and grabbed you right. like the camera loved pretty much everybody in this movie i i love the professor character with the little like friar tuck kind of look yeah. and the fact you could tell like he was maybe a little simple or maybe going a little mad mm-hmm. probably simple that's probably why they call him the professor i just got that but yeah so they end up back at the house mm-hmm um, and they're great people. That like he is looking out for her. She hasn't returned. He's he is worried, but he 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 lets them in mm-hmm. because they're good people. This is the father who, in a couple previous scenes ago, by the way, mm-hmm. had explained to what what's her name Genevieve, the his daughter. No, the the girl, the pregnant girl. 
in in Gary. I was close. Genevieve and Gary. Yeah. They've got G's in them. Sure. Um, he had explained to her how to make a sandwich, if you recall. He's like, mm-hmm. take two pieces of bread, <laughs> split them, put pieces of meat in between, and we will eat that for later. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> that completely I stuck. I mean, he just says, cut up some wheat cakes, put some hard cheese in, and it's the other one that says mutton. Mm, I have to correct you because I'm OCD. So he explained to her how to make a sandwich. Basically. Yeah. Um, they're welcomed with open arms. Mm-hmm. They end up, the mother mm-hmm. finds the piece of clothing that they had set up previously. Right. I mean, more to the to the boy character, the reason she's in the room is because they the boy is freaking out. He can't eat. He, he almost throws up again, and he is freaked out. And I assume, because it happens off screen, to get him to shut up and go to sleep, they like they knock him unconscious and he screams that was my assumption yeah and so her concern brings her into the into the room with them mm-hmm. so it's justified in her stumbling across this is what mm-hmm. is where you're going with that right and then well he he hands it he offers it he tries to sell it to her mm-hmm. because it's they they raped and killed her for and this is what they got out of it so might as well cash in while they can exactly uh, so she puts two and two together. Mm-hmm. She blocks off the door. Right. Brings it to her husband. Mm-hmm. They decide they're going to kill him. Yeah. Uh, and they do so. Yeah. He gets out a sword, which I was like, cool. And then he just uses the sword to cut off birch branches, <laughs> which was weird. <laughs> and then says, get me my butcher knife, <laughs> which I found a bit weird. The, it's true. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's... We mentioned the the birch tree scene. This is where that comes in, the, that beautiful shot. And then he he rips a young birch tree out of the ground and cuts off branches. And then I assume that it was like a rite of self-flagellation? Yes. Um, yes. Like a, a penance thing. And then takes a butcher knife and he finds in Gary and tells her to confess everything. And that's when she says... It's my fault, just as much as it's their fault. I wished her harm, and then this happened. I watched it happen. Um, Here's the problem I have with everything in between her figuring out what happened and then the, uh, the father going in to seek his redemption. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a ton of this was filmed during the day in black and white, and I can't tell. I was so confused. I'm like, is this the next morning? It looks like the middle of the day so many times when he's out cutting the branches and everything because this should be the middle of the night. Right. And this is something that I have to forgive based on the time period of when it was made, but I couldn't help but I was so confused so many times that like because there was scene after scene that happened again that obviously took place but when the goat herders were asleep, so it's at night before they wake up the next morning and mm-hmm. he kills them. But the whole time I just... Because it kept cutting to night after night after, like, not different nights, but at night, at night, at night. Mm-hmm. And every scene was obviously just filmed during the day. Right. Wouldn't there have to be a way to film night scenes in black and white then? Like, I'm not trying to nitpick here because I'm not taking, but but I'm saying it took me out every time I saw that. Um, I think a lot of the film equipment of the day, from, and you definitely would not have had that striking birch tree shot. Even in a magic hour. Yeah. 
but I think it was supposed to, definitely they go to they go to sleep and then it happens and it should be late at night like this and whole scene happens between dusk and dawn right but it was almost immediately dawn yeah so yeah i get that i, I again i'm not trying to poo poo on it too much i'm just saying when i'm watching it it struck me and it took me out of it a little bit right um yeah, there are definitely a couple of weird things in there. But. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm not... It's all we can do is nitpick because yeah. it's such a goddamn great movie. <laughs> At so, least a beautiful movie. So he goes in uh, and he works on dispatching the go-herders. Mm-hmm. There is a moment where I don't even know if this was... I don't think this was a stunt person at this point. Dude lays on fire. Like, he's like rolling around and he lays on top of the fire. Mm-hmm. I, that's not a stunt. That like I, I'm watching it. And I assume he had like leather underneath his clothes. I know, but probably being, wet leather, or wet linens. But he lays on fire. Yeah. Holy shit! I did backyard wrestling. I thought about doing fire stuff. Sweet. I thought about <laughs> losing weight, and I haven't done that. <laughs> I planned it out. I was gonna have like really wet clothes underneath the dry clothes, and then. Get lit on fire and jump into a pool. And I had it planned out. That's, <laughs> that's how you do it. I don't, I don't. He probably had the reason he probably had standing. a layer of leather and then wet linens and then his regular shirt. My, my, or he's just a goddamn man. My my <laughs> my point is isn't that he? It's the fact that they did pull that off. Like that's pretty incredible because yeah. it was obviously the actor right laid on fire. But then when they do the extended scene, it's obviously the fires in front of the camera and not on them. Yeah, but dude laid on fire. Yeah. Anyway. He laid on hot coals. So there was fire. Yes. I, are you taking away the fa- Are you trying to take away from this guy who's I'm, probably I'm saying, deceased? I'm saying physics. I, it, it, was not, it was probably not fun. Exactly. He probably did get some burned. Even all right, even if he didn't get any burns, the balls that it took to lay on fire. Yeah. Kudos to that guy. Sure. So father dispatches of the... I sounded like an asshole in that, didn't I? Oh, absolutely. Okay. You, you sounded like you were putting down the dude that actually did it because you <laughs> thought about doing something else. <laughs> like, you held yourself up. Like, I thought about doing it in my backyard in front of four other people, and yep. this guy is in an Oscar... <laughs> Oscar-winning movie and actually did it. Yeah. Go, go shit on his grave. Yep. That's what you He's said. He's probably still alive also. <laughs> I don't know, man. So uh, he dispatches of the group of go-herders. Mm-hmm. Including the boy. He he lifts him up and he throws him against the wall, which apparently kills him. Yes. And he, he seems to immediately regret it. Yes. He was definitely... Because he is an innocent. In the, in the moment. Right. For sure. And uh, the mother goes to the boy and starts crying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he he was an innocent bystander in all this. Um, from there, and that's where kind of last house on the left ends. Yes, there's not. This is the only one of the three films that you see the consequences that the parents put upon themselves. Right. Um, in so Craven's the, movie, it just sort of ends like they're almost relieved. Yeah. Right. In the remake, they're happy because they're the situation's over and they have their daughter still. Mm-hmm. And in this one, they're showing the parents having to live with what they just did. Right. And the, the, they journey to to get her body. 
And that's where the title of the film comes from, mm-hmm. is that they discover a virgin spring and he makes a vow to God that he's going to build this church out of stone and mortar. Right. Which, researching this more, so we don't have to do this again, mm-hmm. um, this is based off of an old uh, ballad that they would sing. Hmm. That's essentially the story that you just saw, where um, these people commit murder and they vow to build a temple of brick and mortar and and stone to redeem themselves of this atrocity that they caused and that's where so it's like the inception of last house on the left like we keep yeah. going back that's uh, cool. so um i feel like we have to do this has this been an hour i said it wasn't an hour at the beginning yeah so it feels like it's an hour it's definitely going to be an hour okay so sorry <laughs> Sorry, this not is, sorry. I this don't is know. extra. This is extra for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's free in addition to the what you usually pay for the podcast, right. which is free. free. Um, he, up until this moment, whenever we've done the remake versus original, uh-huh. it's been the same answer for me. Yeah. So now my question is: Are we saying what we like better, or what is better? Because there's a difference, right? Yeah. So. I don't think most people would argue that that uh, Mozart is not better than Nirvana, mm-hmm. but most people would listen to Nirvana and like Nirvana more than they like Mozart. Now, yeah. So when we're doing these votes, is it what we like better or what it is better? Because Virgin Spring won an Oscar for Best Foreign Picture, which I don't put that much stock into it. But that's the quality, that's the caliber of movie that we're talking about. Right. So there's no way that you can argue which one is a better made film. Correct. A more professional film, any of those things. I will tell you, I think that, um, at least between us, Last House on the Left was one of the more controversial ones because I definitely went with what I liked better. Okay. Um, I think. So you kind of already I, made I that liked, decision I in liked your head. the original better. Then I liked the remake. Okay. Even though I believe I said it on there, I think the remake is probably it's definitely a better made movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked the original better. Okay, so that's what we're going with. Right. Is that what we're going with? I I don't know that we. This is uh, this is a bonus. Just a man. personal. Don't, we don't have to harsh that. Well, no, 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 not even. But we're, I feel like we have to set the precedent from here forward because this has got to come up again. Yeah, because this is science, right? This <laughs> we need methodology. This is in the canon of remake me, so I feel like that we're setting a precedent. So I think mm-hmm. if you've already set the precedent that it's what you like better, mm-hmm. I think that's all it can be. I think I like. We're just two assholes doing a podcast. I think I like Wes. I feel like I will revisit Wes Craven's movie more often than I will revisit Virgin Spring. Yeah. So my vote goes for. I, f- I feel like in any situation like this, when we're calling something a ripoff or whatever, we're going to have to call it a remake for the extent of our podcast. Right. I don't, I don't okay. even know if we have to vote. And obviously we don't plan in front <laughs> since we're having this discussion <laughs> on air. I don't even, I think this is like 100% a special case. And like, I don't want to take anything away from last house on the left because I'm not taking it away. I'm getting ready to give it my vote. Last time I voted against it. Right. I'm giving Wes Craven's Last House on the Left my vote right now. See, but I would give Igmar Bergman okay. my yeah, that's vote. That's totally fair. But I don't. I still don't think that those are statistics that should count. Mm, you just, so I'm voting under protest. Statistics <laughs> that should count for what? Let it be noted. Like, like do you think? 
Like we have on our website, we have a running tally of I, what's winning. Yes, but well, I, we have this, a little thing that says who the, voted for what. Why would this not count? Because this is a bonus podcast. This is a point five. <laughs> this isn't canon. I feel like you just don't. This, How is, this, this, is, this, this is like a like. I just this said is like this a is heroes canon. webisode, not just, the actual heroes. Show. I just said this was canon two seconds ago. I don't that, care. That happened before. I your, your votes. I, un, I unwill it to be canon. <laughs> <laughs> I will it to be uncanon. I All guess. right. Well, I guess that's we're just going to descend into madness at the end of this episode. So I mean, that's par for the course. There, there's no way. I also say par for the course a lot. That's what this podcast has learned has learned me. That's what this podcast has learned me. I say par for the course a lot. There is no way. You agree? I should have made you watch this. Like you, yeah. They're so related. They yeah. can't. You can't ignore it. It is like yes, one hundred percent. They're tied to the previous episode. This, you have if you watch Last House on the Left, if you. You have to watch this. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to do anything. I'm going to inspect. I'm going to follow up. Okay. Uncanon.